So, Charon, I know you are very happily married. Yeah, if I say so myself, give or take 16 years. 16 years, wow. So do you think you're ready to fall in love again? What, with my wife or someone else maybe? Uh, not someone, maybe something else, nature. Oh, thank God, you had me worried there for a moment. Nature, I suppose I can handle. Well, you're going to be very popular with our next guest. As I usually am. Belina Lee is the CEO of Mandai X, and she's on a mission to use innovation to help people fall in love with nature and wildlife at scale. Great. So today, we are chatting with Belina about how she's working with the team to make the world a better place. Let's do this. Let's do it. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Transformations podcast and a big warm welcome to Belina. Thank you, Richard. Thanks for having me. It's great that you're here. Um, there's a lot to talk about today, but let's start maybe with your career and, you, and your journey. It's been a fascinating, changing journey. Maybe you could, you could start by telling us uh, a little bit about that. Absolutely. So um, I graduated with an economics and philosophy degree, mm. uh, started my career with Singapore Airlines, um, you know, data analyst and performance analyst, uh, building their first data warehouse. Mm. Wow. And, you know, did a couple of marketing uh, jobs, mm -hmm. you know, moved to American Express, you know, went into uh, fintech with MasterCard uh, and landed at Mandai Wildlife Reserve, you know, doing our part to protect nature mm -hmm. um, for future generations to come. Mm. A very, very big journey and, and a lot of change in Definitely. that journey. Yes. That's fascinating. But what's inspired you to move from a, you know, a traditional economics role to something closer to conservation? Yeah. So my original trigger for uh -huh. moving um, was really to give back to the country mm -hmm. and do something for Singapore. Mm. Right. Uh, and, you know, Mandai Wildlife Reserve Rejuvenation is a yes. national iconic project once mm. in a lifetime. Um, and Mandai is a special place, right, for many, many generations of Singaporeans and local residents. And so um, I originally joined um, from a social uh, standpoint. Um, but as um, I'm, I'm an animal lover mm -hmm. as well. So as I, you know, um, grew in Mandai, um, the love for wildlife and the nature mm -hmm. uh, was just, you know, almost uh, a natural uh, development in terms of, you know, what I spend a lot of time thinking about. Mm -hmm. And one may think that, you know, economics is very hard. It's very financial. It's yes. all about commercial yes. outcomes. Yes. And conservation is all about nature, wildlife, mm. the planet. And the two seem to be at opposite ends, mm. uh, yeah. very polarised, yes. right? And I feel that um, my role in terms of finding that sweet spot between mm. the two, right? Infusing uh, both economic growth or, you know, growth for Singapore, uh, growth for the organisation, mm. together with beneficial outcomes mm. for uh, wildlife and nature mm. can coexist, mm -hmm. right? And not enough organizations are spending time thinking through such difficult topics. Uh, and that's where, you know, I spend um, the bulk of, you know, myself and my team, you know, spend a lot of time uh, innovating, mm -hmm. right? So that we can achieve uh, dual outcomes for Singapore as well as for the world. Fantastic. Um, Mandai as a, as a place and, and as a organization, it has an incredible history, doesn't it, in, in Singapore and I think in Southeast Asia. Do you think you could, could you talk a little bit about that and why this area of 
conservation and, and sustainability is so important for Mandai? So um, Mandai's roots um, are very much in uh, social sustainability, mm-hmm. right, as well as environmental sustainability. Mm-hmm. Um, the Singapore Zoo was started uh, 50 years ago in mm-hmm. 1973 um, with the notion of... Um, bringing Singaporeans and local residents closer to wildlife, mm. right? Mm. Um, back then, there were not many places where families could hang out, yes. uh, unlike today, right? Yes. Uh, plentiful. And mm. Parks has done a fantastic yes. job. Uh, so back then, there was only the Singapore Zoo, um, maybe the Botanic Gardens, a mm-hmm. uh, handful of places. Mm. So the roots of Mandai has always been, you know, how do we uh, make Singapore a better place mm-hmm. uh, for families, mm-hmm. right, as well as um, all local residents in Singapore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has also been a window to the wild, right, especially for Singapore being such an urban city. Yes. Um, very few people have the opportunity to interact with wildlife. Yes. And so, therefore, with the Mandai Wildlife Parks, uh, of course, with Singapore Zoo being uh, one of our flagship uh, parks, uh, we are then able to bring people closer to wildlife and from there, uh, hopefully spark their love for wildlife mm. and that they will do their part to protect nature. Mm. Is it something that you think takes generations to change? You know what I mean? Yeah. So this is a really interesting uh, question, right? Um, we have found that um, it is very easy or much easier to spark that sense of love and wonder mm-hmm. uh, amongst the younger generation. So, right. you know, for those of us who have kids, mm-hmm. uh, when they're 10 and below, oh, you know, trip to the zoo, fantastic, mm. what a treat, mm, right? Mm, love mm. the animals. Mm. And then uh, we, we call it the magical age of 12. Once they graduate from primary school, <laughs> they start entering secondary school, suddenly it's uncool, mm. right? Like, hey, it's no longer cool to go to the zoo. Mm. And we call this the lost generation. Ah, and okay. then they don't come back until their parents ah, and they have kids, okay. right? And then they'll come again for 10 years until their kids grow up and then they, they're gone again. Wow. So when you mentioned whether it's a generational issue. I think it is this love relationship that goes like that. Right. There are periods of your life yes. when the zoo is like, you'll be spending every weekend there yeah. or we hope you'll be spending every weekend there. Yeah. There are periods of the life where it's maybe less relevant mm. um, and, and we hope to change that. Mm. We hope to evolve Mandai Wildlife Reserve into a place where as you grow up, as you grow old, that it is a place that you will continue to come repeatedly, mm. uh, either by yourself, with your friends, with your family, with mm. your colleagues. Um, and I think that's part of the transformation that uh, Mandai is undertaking. So you mentioned some of these innovations that you're working on. I'd love to deep dive a little bit more in that. You know, what are these innovations and how are they kind of transforming the environment around us? Yeah, so at uh, Mandai, we uh, embrace the triple bottom line, uh, as we call it, mm. uh, performance, people, planet. So uh-huh. performance is where, you know, obviously we are uh, an entity that um, delivers uh, immersive wildlife experiences to our visitors and our mm. guests. Mm. So under uh, performance, um, we take a lot of effort in innovation in mm. terms of delivering those experiences. Um, under the people pillar uh, is where our people, mm. right, uh, our staff, uh, and employees and where we are trying to nurture uh, all of them to be innovators, mm. right? And then the third one, planet, uh, making sure that we embrace uh, cutting-edge technology in terms of looking after our animals, uh, the animals under our care, as well as um, the animals out in the wild. So that's conservation. So, um, you know, reflecting on how this innovation might impact the inno- uh, environment, mm. uh, maybe I'll start with the planet and mm. then I'll move to, 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 to the gas. Mm-hmm. So in terms of um, the environment, 
I think one of the key things that uh, we are very mindful of is that the, we have 15,000 animals under our care. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. 1,000 species and 15,000 animals. Wow. So it is a highly... Uh, labor-intensive um, undertaking mm -hmm. to take care of them. Mm -hmm. And our innovation has been around introducing cutting-edge uh, ways to provide that world-class animal care. Mm -hmm. So, for example, um, if you have not been to our latest offering, The Bird Paradise, mm -hmm. uh, I warmly welcome you mm -hmm. to join us there. Um, we've got eight large walk-in aviaries, mm -hmm. uh, largest in the world. And um, making sure that the aviary mesh is um, intact, mm -hmm. um, um, integrity is sound, uh, no accidental tests and mm -hmm. all that, uh, in the past would require our staff to climb up and to go and uh, observe it uh, mm -hmm. manually. Mm -hmm. uh, but now we are putting in place smart technology mm -hmm. that will allow us to preempt any stresses in the mesh wow. uh, and to be able to alert and detect us. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it also impacts... Um, employee safety mm -hmm. so we don't have our people having to climb up yeah. the heights mm -hmm. um, but also you know we are able to uh, leverage uh, uh, artificial intelligence right mm -hmm. in terms of uh, processing the data mm -hmm. and to be able to give predictive outcomes mm -hmm. so that's just one example mm -hmm. of how um, our innovation uh, improves right the environment that um, our animals live in mm, fantastic so that's yeah. great the way of you know you're impacting innovating for the people mm -hmm. and what about what are you doing to improve the performance of the organization as such? Um, so for performance, mm -hmm. I think we spend a lot of time thinking about how we can inspire people to value and conserve biodiversity. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the challenge that I always give myself and to my team is of the 5 million visitors that used to visit us pre-COVID, mm -hmm. right? Does every one of them leave wanting to do their part for wildlife? Mm -hmm. Yes. And as uh, Sir David Attenborough rightly said, mm -hmm no one will protect what they do not love, mm. right? And so our innovation challenge is how do I spark that love mm. and help people fall in love with wildlife mm. at scale, right? Mm. Such that every single visitor leaves um, with wanting to change their mm. behavior and wanting to do their part with wildlife. Mm. So one of the innovations that we have um, experimented with that has been successful um, is a program called My Animal Buddy, mm -hmm. where we allow children to befriend uh, one of the animals in our zoo so instead of, oh, I'm just going to the zoo to visit and look at animals, mm -hmm. it becomes, I'm going to the zoo to visit Pedro, mm. my sea lion friend, mm. right? or Rudy, mm. my rabbit friend, mm. right? or Kanza, my orangutan friend. Mm. And the children are able to stay connected mm -hmm. with their buddies mm -hmm. um, through videos, through live cams, um, through you know, virtual shows and the likes. Mm -hmm. uh, and we've been able to um, very thankfully um, you know, nurture a group of children mm -hmm. who passionately love uh, their animal buddies mm -hmm. and want to do uh, their part to protect their friends in the wild. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. So the final P you talked about was planet, I believe, right? Mm -hmm. So what do you think has a bigger impact on the kind of impact that you can have on the planet? Would this be technological innovations or really human behavior that you need to affect to achieve that outcomes for the planet? I feel that it's probably a bit of both. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Like we need technology to mm -hmm. provide the data and the insights yes. to people. Mm -hmm. um, and we are also experimenting with using technology to nudge uh, people to have behavioral changes. Mm -hmm. So if you think about how successful, um, I'm going to call it behavioral hacks have been, mm -hmm. um, digital and social media platforms yes. have uh, deployed them very successfully, mm -hmm. right? Can those same hacks be actually deployed 
to change human behavior mm-hmm. uh, towards saving the planet, for example. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that uh, in the world, we've seen a lot of very successful uh, behavioral nudges, mm-hmm. um, but uh, probably not enough right, in terms of uh, changing behavior mm-hmm. to protect uh, our planet. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing I wanted to ask you, I hope it's okay to ask, I think what, what we mean by biodiversity, I think it's quite a hard concept for for people. So is, is, do you have a sort of simple way of, of talking about kind of what it means? What, you know, what, what, what's biodiversity? Yeah. So the simple way when I explain to my children. Mm, sounds like <laughs> what, me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what I do for a living. I just break it down to flora and fauna. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I it's just all the living things mm. around us that are not human. Mm. Yes. <laughs> it's the physical environment that is not man-made. Right, so everything that we are, have been gifted uh, mm. as humanity, mm. right, but not humans, mm. right. So it's the water, it's the air, it's the. Um, so, so I I know that biodiversity can be a big word, yes. Um, but I, I break it down to basically, you know, um, all uh, nature yeah. and. Uh, all living organisms yes. in this world, yes. right? That coexist, yes, right? Yes, of course, yes. you know, humans are, are a species that is very important yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. And you said this idea of um, falling in love with wildlife. I mean, I think it's such a uh, an important idea, isn't it? Um, but another question I wanted to ask you was was about um, it, how do you think you can get the the business community to to kind of get more involved in the importance of of these areas and and the importance i think of of falling in love with wildlife as well i think that uh there has been a little bit of a tipping point uh over the past few years mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um in the past climate change was just a statistic mm-hmm. a picture uh, an article you read in the newspaper, mm-hmm. a video. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think over the last few years, mm-hmm. uh, extreme climate changes uh, have really impacted human beings. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's the extreme heat, you know, or the extreme cold, mm-hmm. or the storms that we've never seen mm-hmm. of a great intensity, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and I think over the past week, the hottest week yes. ever in the yes. history of yes. humanity, right? Yes. Over the last few hundred thousand years. Yes. So I think that finally, the impact is being felt um, humans are suffering the impact, businesses are suffering the mm. impact and therefore I think that there is this greater appreciation of the need to do something about it. Mm. I think we are still uh, finding our way mm-hmm. um, globally mm-hmm. as a, you know, uh, us as an as a hum- as as entire species, right? Mm. Because today there is still a perceived trade-off mm-hmm. for what is more sustainable, I'm going to mm-hmm. call it whether it's increased inconvenience, right. right? So when I was growing up, we used to bring the tinkat mm-hmm. yes. and we would go buy food, bring it home. Mm. Nowadays, tinkat is, you know, <laughs> out of fashion, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's so convenient to just go to a shop, get a takeaway, disposable mm. box. Mm. So to go back to more sustainable behaviors requires a trade-off, yes. inconvenience, yes. right? And as human beings, we are designed to optimize uh, yeah. anything that has... <laughs> More inconvenience, <laughs> more cost, right? Um, loss of value uh-huh. will inherently be ruled out yes. from our decision making. Yeah. So the innovation that I think that is sorely needed mm. is to find solutions that do not require human beings to have that trade-off. Right. right? How do you facilitate a takeaway behavior mm. that does not need somebody to 
I am going out, I'm not sure whether I'm going to buy something home. I'm going to bring a Tupperware, right? Mm. Or a takeaway box with me, mm. right? Um, how, how do you overcome that? So I think it's just a beautiful territory of innovation, mm. right? Mm. To be able to achieve that sustainable behavior mm -hmm. without triggering the trade-offs of cost, of convenience, uh, and value. Mm. Yeah. It's a hard nut to crack, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> Opportunity for innovation, though, Absolutely. isn't it? Really. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, very interesting. So, Belina, you mentioned, you know, the kind of resistance that people face and, you know, nobody wants to do something if it's inconvenient. Mm. So, what are some of the kind of frameworks that, or models that uh, Mandai uses to kind of affect behaviour and change within the community? Mm. Yeah, so we use this uh, behavioural change model called uh, ETCA. Mm -hmm. uh, it's an acronym that stands for um, A for Awareness, mm -hmm. D for Desire, K for Knowledge, mm -hmm. A for actionability mm. and R for repeatability. Okay. And um, in our wildlife parks, um, we are very effective in the first three domains mm. of change, mm. right? Because uh, with the wildlife experiences, um, we are able to uh, trigger that awareness mm -hmm. and desire mm -hmm. uh, for change of behavior. Mm. So for example, uh, it's very difficult for a child uh, or a person to understand the impact of plastic pollution yes. or microplastic pollution, yes. right? But when you show them a picture mm. of a tortoise, mm. right, with a straw, plastic straw stuck mm. in the nose, mm. or, you know, the fishes and the dolphins mm. completely entangled in plastic waste. Mm. Comes uh, it, it comes alive, right? Mm. And people feel that, oh my God, like my actions really have an impact. Mm. Then after that is the knowledge to change. Mm. Like what can they do in their daily lives to make a difference? So in the Mandai Wildlife Parks, we have been fairly successful in triggering those three domains of change. Mm -hmm. The challenge comes in the fourth domain mm -hmm. of actionability. Right. Because a typical mother with kids, if she's a working mother, she goes home, she has to feed the child, bathe the child, mm -hmm. put the child to bed, take out her laptop, complete her work, mm -hmm. and all notions of saving wildlife would be gone because life takes over, yes. right? Yes, yes. So there is um, a lot of friction points, mm -hmm. a lot of um, impediments mm. to taking action. Mm. So in Mandai, we are starting a corporate venture and going into corporate venture building mm -hmm. to precisely innovate in this area of actionability mm. so that we can address exactly what you mentioned, the inconvenience, mm -hmm. the value, mm -hmm. the cost considerations, the discomfort mm. right, that comes about with behavioural change and make it easier for everyone. Wow. That's a big plan. That sounds like a lot of ambition and that's going to be a long journey as well, I can yeah, imagine. Yeah. And and I guess just winding the clock back a little bit, did did what sort of impact did COVID have? I know it's a dumb question, but but what sort it's of impact not, did yeah. dumb, did um, COVID have on Mandai? So one of the things that uh, we had this little uh, phrase, mm. right, that we said we want you to fall in love in park yes. mm. with the animals and wildlife, and have a long distance relationship out of park ah. because that's where you continue to. Um, back to the code, right? You don't protect what you don't love. So we don't believe that a, a one spark in the park would suffice. Mm. So we had already been experimenting with how would we you know, sustain that long distance relationship mm. out of park. Mm. So when COVID happened, uh, it actually accelerated our efforts mm. because people could no longer come, but they mm. could still have that long distance relationship. Mm. So mm. there were various ways. Uh, I mentioned my animal buddy that was accelerated as a result of COVID. Mm. Uh, and we had uh, other means of engaging. So using like, for example, social media, mm. live streams mm. uh, was a very, very um, uh, important way mm. uh, that we keep in touch with people who 
uh, really missed our parks. Mm, fair enough. Yep, that makes sense. Um, I guess we're sort of coming towards the end of the discussion, and one of the things that we always ask our, our guests is: there are any? It's difficult to do, but any kind of core thought that you want to leave our viewers and, and listeners with in terms of this this concept of of conservation, sustainability, this idea of, of falling in love with wildlife? I would say that uh, all my years uh, with Mandai has uh, led me to realise that we need a different definition of a better choice. Uh -huh. um, very often when we say a better choice, it's only better for me, mm -hmm. right? Or better for my family, mm -hmm. right? It's very, very a uh, small, um, um, immediate circle. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's one of the reasons why the world is in the, the way, way it is, is yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Because when you define better as only for yourself and your family, that we would not consider other people. So that's the social uh, sustainability mm -hmm. angle. We wouldn't consider the environment, mm -hmm. right? Or nature, that's the um, um, environmental sustainability angle, right? Uh, because we're only looking at um, ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I feel that um, one of the ways innovation can make a difference mm -hmm. is to make this choice a better one, mm -hmm. right? Not just for yourself, mm -hmm. but for others mm -hmm. and for the world at mm -hmm. the same time. Mm -hmm. And then by then we would have achieved, we've removed the friction point mm -hmm. for people to change. Mm -hmm. We have made the world a better place at the same time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I hope in uh, 20 years time, we'll still be enjoying not more than 35 degree weather in Singapore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, mm -hmm. so, everyone would be thriving together with nature. Fantastic. That's a really, really good thought to kind of leave us with. Before that, I just want to interject and come back to the COVID question again. Yes. I, I, I love what you guys have done with, you know, the animal body mm -hmm. and all of this. But how does it affect the performance aspect mm. of the business given that, you know, you can't collect money at the till mm. when people don't visit the park? And how mm. is how's the business kind of adapted to that as well? Mm. So what we did was, um, of course, um, it was difficult. Mm -hmm. um, people would not be physically yes. uh, visiting. So we had uh, various programs that um, allowed um, people who supported the parks to contribute to us financially. Mm -hmm. So this uh, took the form of, for example, micro donations okay. or micro sponsorships. Mm -hmm. Right, uh, we Our animals were up for adoption. Mm -hmm. So if you really love the animal, you could adopt the cool. animal and then you could uh, almost uh, remotely uh, interact or engage mm -hmm. uh, with the animal that you had adopted. So there were these um, ways that we, you know, were able to still have some form of a revenue stream. Mm -hmm. uh, it didn't offset, of course, of course, you know, not operating the parks, uh, but uh, there were ways to still be able to engage uh, and to build new revenue streams for the company. Mm. Cool. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Richard. What's your what's your my win key yes. takeaway? I'm gonna I think that last point that Belina mentioned is really mm. important. I think a lot of businesses have struggled with kind of, you know, keeping the lights on or rather, you know, keeping with the assist business mm -hmm. and then kind of transforming the business at the same time and kind of make it commercially viable mm. while still sustaining the original business. Mm. And you know, it's not easy to kind of build a commercial model on top of all of these innovations. So I think that's fascinating what you guys have done and I wish you all the luck in Thank you so much. with that as well. Mm. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah, because I'm the the people person. <laughs> so uh, I, lo I love this concept of, fa of falling in love with wildlife. It's such a such a big idea, actually, and, and and you know, increasingly as people live in in such urban worlds and urban environments, this the the 
the thing that's missing from their lives and the power that wildlife can bring to their lives is it, such a it's such a powerful thought. So that's what I'm going to be taking away from today. Um, that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much Thank for you your so time today. Me. Alina, pleasure. It was a wonderful chat. Uh, Thank you to our viewers and listeners for joining us and we look forward to seeing you again soon on another episode of the Transformations podcast. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Thank you.